Welcome to the Writers of Strange Fiction Virtual Con. Today I have uh, Brenna Bailey Davies with me to talk about how to write effective sex scenes in non in a non erotica context. Um, Brenna Bailey Davies is a fiction editor and consultant who works with women and non-binary indie authors of fantasy, sci-fi, and romance. She provides editing services and support to help authors publish books that captivate readers. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, so just to get started, uh, let's talk a little bit about your background and how, how you came to know so much about writing sex scenes. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So as you said in, in my bio, uh, I edit fiction and I edit a lot of romance and science fiction and fantasy. Um, one of the companies that I worked for that I no longer work for, but I used to work on a ton of romance novels for them. And I learned through that process a lot of ways to not write sex scenes <laughs> and then started looking into how to effectively write sex scenes. So I've, I learned a lot through that process in editing those books, mostly copy editing them, but sometimes developmental as well. Awesome. Um, and what, what's, what's the first thing writers should know about writing sex scenes? I think the first thing you should know is that sex scenes should have a purpose. They're not just there to be sex scenes. You know, I, like you said, this is in a non-erotica context. So if there's a sex scene in, well, even in a romance novel or a science fiction or fantasy or any other genre, it should have a purpose beyond just these characters having an intimate moment. It should somehow reflect the plot or affect characterization. It should build the tone. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and there's an audiobook narrator. She's pretty well known. Her name is Julia Wellen. She said that uh, she compared sex scenes to battle scenes, like a battle scene in a really action-packed book or a movie. Sex scenes are kind of the same way in that, you know, the battle is not the point of the battle. There's something else happening there. Sex scenes are the same way. The sex scene is not for sex, it's because something else is happening between the characters in that scene that somehow moves the story forward. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the first thing that authors should know. Awesome. Um, and how, how, how should you approach writing a sex scene? Um, yeah. Like, there... how, do you, how do you make sure it's going to be effective? Yeah, so there are a lot of questions I would suggest authors ask themselves in approaching this. So some of them are, you know, what is what is the purpose of the scene? What is the scene going to accomplish in your story? And what do you want your reader to feel in the scene? You want to think about what you want the tone to be because that's going to affect the reader's emotions. So um, one of my colleagues at Dot and Dash, her name is Jacqueline, she meditates before she writes. She does three to five minutes of meditation before she writes a scene to figure out what emotions she wants to evoke in that particular scene. And I think that's a great exercise for sex scenes because then you can figure out not only where the scene fits in the plot and how it's moving the story forward, but really how to focus in on that tone and create that tone so that the scene is effective in evoking the emotion you want in your reader. Okay. And not only that, but... There are other things you have to think about, like your reader's expectations. Mm. So, you know, if you're if you're writing a YA fantasy, what do readers expect in a YA fantasy? 
Do they want to see an open door explicit sex scene? Well, maybe not, because first of all, it's for YA, and also not a lot of fantasy has, I mean, maybe unless you're Sarah J. Mass, <laughs> not a lot of fantasy has super, super hot, steamy sex scenes in it. So, yeah, I mean, and some does. So you just have to think about what your audience is expecting in your book, what your genre is, what the conventions are when it comes to intimacy in your genre. Mm -hmm. Those are other things to think about. Um, and also just treating your characters properly in those scenes. Like you don't, you don't want to make them into objects. Mm -hmm. You want the scene to have a purpose, but they still need to have agency. They should be consenting in that scene. They should be showing each other some kind of respect and operating as, you know, humans or mm -hmm. I suppose robots or animals or whatever else you're writing about. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what kind of things do you think a, a sex scene can accomplish? Like what, what makes a good sex scene in, in a book? I think tone has a lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, if you have characters who are lying to each other say you can have a sex scene between them be maybe their actions are super tentative with each other and in that way you can show how they're feeling about the fact that they're lying to each other you can show how it's it's, it's a show don't tell thing right so instead of saying oh they feel guilty about lying to each other they they wish they could tell the truth but they're holding back for some reason you can show that through how they interact with each other um I mean, for example, say they're having an intimate moment, but maybe they don't want to do anything with the lights on because that's reflecting how they're hiding, right? You can do little things like that. Or maybe they're both, I mean, I always think of Outlander when I think of sex scenes. Maybe they're really angry at each other and really passionate for some reason, and that is reflected in how they interact in these moments of int intimacy when they're so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to me, um, you know, sex is sex is about vulnerability. It's about intimacy um, and and how you how you're relating to another person. So mm -hmm. I guess you know, in that way, you can use those those aspects to do character building or yes. um, you know show show how people's relationships change over time, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, so. What kinds of situations would you say are appropriate for introducing a sex scene? Um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of a lot of writers might, you know, have two people who are uh, going to enter a, a romantic relationship. So eventually they're going to maybe have a sex scene because it feels like that's what's happening. But are there other situations where a sex scene is appropriate um, that maybe they wouldn't think of or any any situations where it might not be appropriate so i read a book recently actually about writing sex scenes um mm. called i give you my body it's by diana gabaldon who wrote outlander and one of the scenarios she talks about is a rape scene and in my mind that's not a sex scene because there's a lot more going on there then, you know, that's, that's not intimacy and that's not vulnerability. That is a power dynamic and, you know, taking some something from someone that they're not freely giving and that's not the same thing. So 
that is not what I'm talking about here. I mean, you can, mm-hmm. you can accomplish things through those scenes, but I'm not comfortable with them. I really do think that you need to have some kind of relationship between the characters and be using that in some way in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that really answers your question. <laughs> no, I, I think it does. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, other than other than you know the non-sex scenes being rape or uh, a sex scene between two married couple or two married people, uh, what other kinds of sex scenes uh, might there be? So there's a couple of ways to look at that. Mm. So you can think of uh, kinds of sex scenes in what the author shows on the page. So there can be um, common terms are closed door and open door. So closed door is you don't really see anything. It's just implied. So, you know, in a movie, that's kind of the fade to black. You don't actually see anything happen. You know something's happening, but you don't see it on the screen. Or there's the open door, which you actually see something happening. And there's varying levels of open door. I've seen people, you know, rank the steaminess of a book with chili peppers. You know, like (laughs) one to five, how open door is it? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also, yeah, like sex scenes or any kind of scenes with intimacy don't have to be between spouses. It can be between people trying to get to know each other. It can be between people who have just met. It can be, um, I mean, I think it's really effective in coming of age stories for characters trying to figure out who they are. Mm. Also, if you're, this is actually another consideration to think about because Sex scenes are very character focused. Like everything in those scenes, you really need to zero in on the character and what's going on with them to get the tone that you want and to evoke emotion in your readers. So something else to consider there, and this ties in with types of sex scenes is, you know, what's your character's sexuality? Do they know? Are they trying to figure it out? How does that affect their comfort with intimacy levels? Or do they have a chronic illness or something that makes it difficult for them to be intimate with someone? You have to think about those things to make your characters real and authentic and really be able to sink into them to see how they would react in that moment. And that will, again, kind of determine what the situation is and what type of scene it ends up being. Right. So it's really important to really get into their head and know okay is it realistic for them to do this right now um Mm -hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense um because i think i don't know i i might be alone here but i don't i don't often build the character's sexuality into their into character building i i've never written a sex scene so um (laughs) i you know it's it's i feel like it's something like i said before that you don't think about until you have to think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's really helpful to, uh, a a really helpful reminder that you should make it, make it work with your character, (laughs) make it make sense. Um, Well, it's, it's going to feel fake if it doesn't work with your character, you know, like it's going to feel contrived and forced unless your character is acting how they would act in that situation. And you know, like you said, 
the sex is so vulnerable that you have to know your character really well in that situation to know how they would react. Mm -hmm. And how can you, like, how else can you make, make the reader feel something when they're... So there, yeah, there are um, a couple ways to do that. Um, let me just look at my notes real quick. So I guess if we're talking about mechanics, like how you can make your reader feel something in the way that you write the scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think being true to your character, that's going to help right off the bat, right? Because if your reader can resonate with your character, they're going to feel something. Um, but in terms of mechanics, um, you can also connect your character's thoughts and emotions to what's happening and keep show, don't tell in mind as you're doing that. So instead of just describing the physical actions and also with sex scenes, if you're describing everything like step by step, it starts to sound really awkward. <laughs> like if you, if you actually describe sex in a nitty gritty way, it doesn't sound very appealing. So I don't suggest actually doing that when you write sex scenes that will, it will make your reader feel something, but maybe not what you want them to feel. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, You want to keep, like I've been saying, keep your reader centered in your character. And you can show what your character's feeling and what's happening in the scene through their internal physical feelings and through their actions and dialogue. So um, a really good resource for this is The Emotion Thesaurus by Angela Ackerman and Becca Puglisi. (laughs) It basically lists 130 emotions and then different actions that go with it. So that can kind of help you like it's a good reference to just quickly flip to an emotion and say you know what's a what do people physically feel when they have are experiencing this emotion and that's something that will really help in sex scenes um and like i said less is more you want to describe what's happening but keep it simple and you can also use dialogue to create tension between characters and build the chemistry through what they say um there are also kind of more technical things like sentence length. Like if you have really short staccato sentences, the narrative will tend to move faster. Whereas if you have really long sentences, though, the tension seems to slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, something that's also fun in sex scenes, if you write with ellipses, you know, make the reader fill in the blank about what's happening. It can kind of amp up the tension in that scene. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like like the, the old horror idea that the monster is scariest when you can't see it. Exactly, yeah. S- same type of principle. Um, and what about what about language? Uh, like, what what words are okay to use? You know, I, I, I see <laughs> posts on Twitter all the time, like, uh, you know, funny, funny words used in sex scenes. Like, you know, what <laughs> what's safe to say? <laughs> I mean, it depends. Um, speaking of funny words in sex scenes, though, if you have time, you should check out the Literary Review's Bad Sex in Fiction Award, Mm. because they actually have, like, you could just read one small excerpt from the book that won, and it's hilarious. So, yeah, I mean, again, you can do that on purpose if you want to make people cringe and laugh, that's fine. But if you're trying to be serious about it, or... You know, it's it's not a satire. You might want to use different language. So, um, 
there are certain things to avoid with language. So, for example, floating body parts is a big one that I mm. see in sex scenes all the time. So, and what does that like, mean? Yeah. So it basically means when you describe someone's body part as acting instead of the person themselves. So mm. when the reader reads it, it the visualization that you get with it is of some disembodied hand doing something so Mm. you know if it says like her fingers unbuttoned her blouse okay but her fingers don't have you know they're not sentient they don't have their they can't act of their own volition so it kind of gives the image of these floating fingers unbuttoning a blouse where if you say she unbuttons her blouse you're giving the agency to the actual character Mm -hmm. so that's a big one um but there are also there are some situations where that's kind of okay, right? Like mm-hmm. his fingers brushed my thigh, something like that might be Yeah. Might be slightly the... more effective than he touched my thigh or something, you know? Yes. There is actually that's a good point with sex scenes. Um because it is so intimate and vulnerable and you're focusing in on some details, it does work sometimes. You just want to be careful that you're not doing it too much because if you're focusing so much on the body parts in the scene, the people kind of disappear. So you want to make sure that that emphasis is on the character and not just, not just their hand or something like that. Um, yeah, but very good point. Also, <laughs> food cliches is a really big one. And cliches, you can use them if you want, but they're cliches because they are often overused. So things like, um, I don't know, he drank in his scent or he feasted on her body. Things like that are, are used a lot in sex scenes. So if you can come up with a different way to describe that, that would be helpful. And then a, a big one is, you know, you've been using euphemisms for people's body parts. Um, oh, what did I, the other day I was editing a book. Oh, she called it her sacred spot. And it just made me laugh because it didn't really it didn't fit the scenario very well. And that's what you really have to keep in mind is the context, right? Like what time period are you writing in? What words would your characters use? Like for example, in Canada and I think in the States as well, like the C word, I'm not comfortable saying that because it's derogatory in Canada, right? But if you go to like Australia or New Zealand, they use that like every other sentence. So it just depends on your characters and what words they would use. And that goes back to really getting into their head and understanding them and the context of your scene. What about, like, what level of realism is appropriate? I mean, I think I've seen, I've seen short stories that seem really literary and then there's a sex scene where they go harder and faster and the, the headboard bumps against the wall. And I'm like, wow, that sounds painful. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, I think in, in like an erotica context, something like that might be kind of sexy and might be like cool. But in, in this, in this short story, you know, it was literary, like I said, so it didn't really feel, it just felt out of place. So how do you navigate the realism? I think that comes back to the context and the tone. So again, thinking about, you know, what genre are you writing in? 
what do you want your readers to take away from that scene? And what is that scene doing in the overall context of the novel? You know, in literary fiction, like you said, that the tone of the scene in that short story probably didn't quite match the rest of it, which is why it felt off. Whereas it would probably be more at home in erotica where that does tend to be a tone that's more present. Um, but yeah, so being very conscious of what your setting is, what your genre is, what emotions you want to evoke will help you decide how how much detail you go into, what level of realism you use there. Um, yeah. Um, and are, I guess, are there any other things that, uh, that writers should avoid? Is there, um, you know, you said avoid cliches and things like that. Are there any other? Um, I don't know necessarily. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Just being very conscious about the language you use in the scene. I think that's the most important thing. And I, oh, I guess too, you want to avoid throwing in details that aren't relevant. Mm. So, you know, if you're describing a, a very intimate scene between two characters and you're super focused in on how they are interacting with each other, how they're touching each other and looking at each other and what they're feeling in that moment. And then suddenly you describe a setting detail that's happening outside the window, mm. that's going to pull the reader out and you're mm -hmm. going to lose all the effect that you've been building up. So staying kind of centralized to the scene. And that's also going to depend on point of view. So, yeah. you know, depending on what you're writing in it, it, it might work. But if you're really trying to sink your reader into that scene and to immerse them in what's happening, um, again, it's just being conscious about the details that you use and where you put the reader's focus because you don't want to accidentally break whatever feeling that you've created. Right. So I guess, you know, when deciding whether or not to use a sex scene, you know, it's, it's not really a question of yes or no, but uh, what, it, what it actually can be used for, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's not, oh, no YA should ever have sex scenes. Maybe they don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really work with YA, but um, <laughs> I don't know how to talk to kids. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not necessarily like you can't have a sex scene in sci-fi fantasy. It's, or that you should, it's, you know, whether or not it will actually do a thing. Um, we had someone uh, someone in the audience said, um, I had a client who scheduled her sex scenes. Uh, she decided a certain number was required and it was very mechanical and distressing. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so if you're, this kind of comes into how you're publishing. Mm. Like if you're gonna publish a Harlequin romance, there is a, a formula. But even if you're following a formula on, you know, where in the book the sex scene should be, it still should flow well enough that it's not cringy. You know, like you, you don't want your readers to be like, what is this doing here? Like, I don't understand. Right. 
What about um? So this is this is kind of off topic, but we had um we had a panelist who uh, is a gay male who wrote gay male sex scenes in his fantasy novel. And um, he got a lot of flack from that because, um, you know, the audience for gay male sex scenes is, like, straight women. And the people writing gay male sex scenes are straight women, so they're not really that realistic. <laughs> so, you know, how do you, how do you temper, um, I guess, your expectations with the reader's expectations? That's a great question. Um, I think doing your research helps, first of all, so reading other books in your genre in the age group with the same target audience to see how they represent sex. But also when it comes to, like you said, like if you're a straight woman writing a sex scene between two men, you should probably go to a gay man and say, is this accurate? And that just comes down to representation and authenticity. So, and this is, this applies to everything, not just sex scenes, right? If you're writing someone, if, if you're writing a character's experience that is outside of your own, you really need to do your research. And part of doing that research is often talking to people who belong to whatever identity you're writing about. So, like I said, with sex scenes, if you're, if you're unfamiliar with a situation, I wouldn't suggest, you know like relying on porn for that because porn isn't usually very accurate. It's often fake and dramatic and you know, like that's, it's not real. So if you want to be really real and authentic in your representations, just go to someone and say, Hey, can you read over this for me and give me feedback? Is it accurate to your experience? And not everyone's experience is going to be the same. So it would even be better if you could get multiple people to read over that for you. This is generally referred to as sensitivity reading. I like saying authenticity reading better because it just has a nicer connotation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, what about the flip side of that? Like, you know, he, he was a, a gay male writing about gay men having sex, mm. um, but he got um, he got some some bad and weird reviews for it, um, you know, so I guess, you know, we're, we're not going to solve this problem overnight, but, you know, if, if you're in that kind of situation, uh, what would you, what would you suggest, um, as far as, you know, because his readers were expecting one thing, uh, and he delivered something that was more authentic than what they were expecting, uh, mm -hmm. and that wasn't, that didn't really sit very well, um, I guess. I think. I think that's just an unfortunate mm -hmm. result of misrepresentation. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's one reason why having, you know, own voices books is super important. Because if you can get that authentic representation out there, then people see what is actually real. Hopefully we'll have less of those scenarios. Because like you said, he's writing, he's writing an experience that is likely his own, right? And people can't bash you for your own experiences. I mean, they can, but they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. And I think if, if you write a book and you get a review like that, 
you just kind of have to take it with a grain of salt and say, you know, this is just an unfortunate thing that has happened because of misrepresentation in the media, but know that you're a part of fixing that problem. Hmm. Awesome. Um, and if, if anyone in the audience has any questions, go ahead and pop them in the live chat channel and I'll read them for Brenna to answer. Um, I guess, is there anything we haven't covered? Um, um, I think I, we went through my notes a lot faster than I expected. Let me just see if we missed anything. I th yeah, I think we've pretty much covered it all. I do recommend reading um, the book I mentioned before, I Give You My Body by Diana Gabaldon. Hmm. It is really good. She gives some great examples from her own work of how to apply some of the things that I talked about, and she mentions some others as well. Um, but like I said, she she puts some focus on uh, rape and violence in sex because that features a lot in her work, which I have opinions about. So. <laughs> Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with that part, so just be warned if you're going in that that is a, a portion of her work. You can skip that if you want to. Yeah, I, I also have opinions about rape scenes. My number one is if you have a rape scene, tell the reader that it was a rape, especially yes. if it was a coercion. Because, mm -hmm. uh, like, for example, there's a book... Um, uh, What's, what's that one called? Uh, it got turned into a Netflix series that I did not watch. Um, the, the girl commits suicide and makes the tapes. Is um, it 13 Reasons Why? That's the one. Yeah. Okay, so the, in that book, um, she, she gets raped by coercion. And she goes to a teacher for help. And the teacher is like, well, did you, did you say no? And she's like, no. And he's like, well, then it wasn't rape. And it's like, that is a disservice to your readers. Um, I really did not appreciate that. Um, so I have strong opinions about those kinds of scenes too. But um, Well, that's another area where representation needs to be. I mean, you words are powerful and authors have the potential to do damage with their books. So they need to think about that. You know, like, what are you saying in your representation of this scenario? What are you teaching people, especially if you're writing YA or middle grade? Mm -hmm. Like, these kids are impressionable, and you need to keep that in mind when you're writing, that you have power in this situation, and you want to think about that power. Yeah. I mean, that I mean that wasn't the only controversy with that book, right? You know, yeah. suicide, let's... Um, you know, there was a lot of... Uh, controversy about this scene in the Netflix show. I don't know if you heard about that. I, but I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I also haven't seen it, but I guess they made the suicide scene really pretty mm. and uh, romanticized it a little bit. Um, we're getting off topic. But yeah, like you said, you, <laughs> you do have power, especially when you're writing YA, and um, it is really important to consider what you're doing. Um, so we have a question. Uh, do you ever find yourself counting limbs to make sure they're all there? <laughs> I 
actually, that's really funny. Um, I have definitely edited some scenes where I'm like, this is not physically possible. Like, <laughs> the positions you describe don't work. Also, that character was over here, and now they're over there, and there's a transition missing. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, maybe visualize the scene as you're writing it. Don't just write things that sound nice, because they might not work. Yeah, I feel like I, I run into that a lot. In When I read sex scenes, they, they just don't make sense they, they they're not yeah it, it it really it really seems to be something that a lot of writers struggle with um and i guess aside from you know practicing a lot and maybe reading that book do you have any other recommendations for people who are having trouble wrapping their minds around how to write a sex scene yeah so my advice there is to read a lot so read if you if you really want to see what works and what doesn't work in sex scenes, you can go specifically to romance. Or if you want to read some more entertaining ones, you can go to erotica. Um, but also, I would suggest reading. I mean, if you're writing science fiction or fantasy, read science fiction or fantasy that has intimacy in it. Um, and also, like I said, you can do closed door or, or open door. So depending on how much detail you want to go into, you can see what other writers have done, what you like about that, what you don't, what you find effective and what you think isn't effective, and then apply that to your own writing. So I guess on the note of open and closed door, if you're writing a closed door sex scene, how do you, how do you get across the, um, the character building and other information that the sex scene is there for? I mean, if you only have just before the door closes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in that case, uh, I think there needs to be a good amount of buildup mm -hmm. to get there. So you need to introduce the scene in a way that sets up the tone. So you don't necessarily have to show all the detail, but just set it up in a way that the reader knows what the tone of that scene is going to be. And then you can also show the aftermath of it, right? Like you can show them the two characters waking up together, or maybe you show them the next day and one character is thinking about it. So you don't have to show what actually happens to, to set the right tone and to have the characters express what they're feeling or what that does for the story. Okay. So I guess... I'm also wondering, you know, how do you set up a sex scene? Um, you know, wh whether it's open or closed door, like, uh, you know, there's the, there's the conversation, I guess, that leads into foreplay and how much foreplay do we want to write about? And, um, I, you know, I guess it really depends on the character's sex style, right? But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think I, I don't think I've read a lot of sex scenes that had foreplay. I haven't read a ton either, which is a little bit troubling. I mean, foreplay is, is a great thing to have in your books for building up the tension, so it should be in more of them, you would think. But I think, I mean, again, this is hard to answer because it depends on the context and the scene and the characters. I think it's really going to depend on what situation your characters are in, because say, for example, someone is going away to war. 
and these two characters want to get together before the one character has to leave, right? That char- that scene is probably going to be a lot more rushed and there might be less build up to get there. Um, but again, that just depends on what emotions you want to evoke. If, you know, if it's an enemies to lovers, which is one of my favorites, one of my favorite tropes, if it's an enemies to lovers story, you can drop hints throughout the book. You know, they're insulting each other or they're trying to thwart each other, but there's like a lot of sexual tension between them and it just keeps building up and building up and building up. And then maybe they just, you show them, you know, making out and knocking stuff over and whatever, and then it fades to black. So you know what's going on, you know what's happening, and it's been building up throughout all the, everything that's led up to there. You know, you have to kind of establish it as you go. I think a really great resource for this that does not have any sex scenes in it is the book Good Omens by uh, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, because it was actually written as sort of an enemies to lovers asexual romance. Okay. Um, but there's there's a huge fandom for people who love to talk about the weird sex stuff that those two characters, uh, Crowley and Aziraphale, do together. <laughs> Um, so it seems to me, you know, that they they did a really good job of teasing this sort of romance between these two characters who, like I said, never do end up having sex, but now the internet is full of (laughs) headcanon stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can definitely look at things that, you know, aren't, aren't sex related in other stories to just see even just how authors build up tension in general and how you can apply that to intimacy, right? You just need to, uh, I feel like I've been saying this a lot, but get into your character's head, Mm -hmm. right? That's the most important thing and, and see how their situation is going to result in, like see, see where it's going to go and how you can get there. And you can look at, like I said, things not sex related to just look at how other authors build up tension or build emotions and then apply that. Awesome. Um, So we have another comment. Um, When I write and edit, I find myself choreographing those scenes. Step one, two, three. Um, I think, I think that that sounds great. I would, I would use the word blocking, right? Like, it goes back to what you were talking about with um, skipping a transition. You know, how did how did she get across the room? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, really. Yeah, I would really imagine it um, in my head, probably, if I wanted to write a sex scene. Um, yeah, I think that's a good strategy. Blocking it out. And then the only thing I would say is when you're writing it, make sure it still flows because um, there's something called overwriting, which basically means that, you know how if you watch a movie, you can see every single thing a person does that the focus isn't there, but you can see it. So you can see them, you know, walk from a car into a building, turn a light on, sit in their desk, put their bag down, uh, pull out their phone, check their emails, go on their computer. You can see all of that, but in, you know, like three seconds, if you write all of those steps in a book, it's, it's boring. People are like, okay, yeah, I get it. It's going to work. Like, why do I need to know all of this? So 
I think blocking is great, but like I said before, less is often more when it comes to books. So if you describe it in too much detail, it won't sound nice anymore. Mm -hmm. So, So yeah, it's a really good strategy. Just make sure that it it still flows. Right. So eliminate unnecessary stage direction. Yeah. If something is applied, don't write it out. Yeah. You're not like telling telling people how to do the sex scene. It's... Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I suppose if you wanted to write an instruction manual, then... Sure, but... (laughs) That sounds like an interesting sex scene. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess it's sort of like... um, I I guess you could compare stage directions uh, to making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? Everyone knows how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, so just saying, he made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you're done. But, um, you know, if you explain taking the jars out, scooping the peanut butter, spreading the jelly, all that stuff. It's 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 interesting because it's kind of hard to do, right? To like remember all of the steps to that. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, you know, whatever steps you can't remember, those are probably the ones you should eliminate, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to think about it. Um, all right. So do do you have any any closing advice or I think just if you and I, I've said this before, but if you want to write sex scenes in your book, read more of them and see what's effective and what's not. And then you can apply that to your work. And also go look at the literary reviews uh Bad Sex in Fiction Award because it's hilarious and will make your day. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience with us. Um, This is, this has been really great and informative. Thank you for having me here. It was a lot of fun.